becoming involved in the criminal justice system as a young person can be very traumatizing. And if we can do anything to prevent that, then that's what we should do. That should be what our, our focus is. And participating in the youth mental health first aid training um, was just the stepping stone for me in the beginning. Welcome to Mental Health in Minnesota, produced by NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of children and adults with mental illnesses and their families. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namihelps.org. Hi, I'm Kay King. I'm a community educator for eight years for NAMI Minnesota. I'm a family member who was born to a mother who lived with mental illness, and my only sibling lives with bipolar disorder. I hope you can join us for Get to Know NAMI. It's a session where we talk about education, support, and advocacy at NAMI Minnesota. At the session, you'll have a chance to learn about classes and programs that we provide. You'll have a chance to hear about our support groups and our helpline. You'll also have a chance to hear a little bit about the legislative policy, first-person language, and other advocacy programs that we offer. We have daytime and evening sessions available, one hour in length. Please go to our NAMI Minnesota website, namihelps.org, to see locations, times, and dates of our programs. Hope you'll join us. Hi, my name is Brian Jost. I'll be your host. NAMI Minnesota is celebrating its 40th anniversary year of providing education, support, and advocacy. This episode is one of the 40 stories of hope related to our 40th anniversary. Thanks for listening again, everybody. We have Beatrice Officer with us sharing her personal journey with NAMI. And if you haven't already, listen to Beatrice, for a few minutes in episode nine, she spoke at the Mental Health Day at the Capitol. We recorded the entire rally, and that is in our podcast episode nine. Uh, So we're going to hear a little bit from Beatrice now, her journey with NAMI, some of her favorite memories, some of the things she's proud of with her involvement, uh, what she hopes for the future of NAMI, and things along those lines. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Beatrice, to start with, tell me about your journey to NAMI. What brought you to NAMI? Well, what brought me to NAMI a couple years ago, I have two jobs. I'm a probation officer, and also I work in transitional housing. And so we had um, youth mental health training at the transitional housing program. And there's where I met Jane Armaza, who was a board member, and also um, another NAMI employee that was presenting the training. Um, And I was really impressed with their presentation. Um, And I found um, it pretty relevant, the information that they were discussing and sharing with us, uh, relevant to my role as a probation officer and then also um, working in transitional housing. Um, During that time also, I was in the process of supporting my son who had just became involved in the um, Hennepin County Juvenile Justice System. He has a mental health disorder and also some cognitive limitations. And so I, again, I felt like the information was very relevant to what I was going through personally, Um, because I also have a daughter who's 21 now um, who has a mental health disorder, and I myself have, um, I'm living with depression and anxiety. So I felt like, you know, the information that they presented really hit home for me. And um, after the presentation, I talked to Jan and I said, are they looking for new board members? And she said, we are. And here I am. Um, So it's been a very 
humbling experience with my involvement in NAMI. I've got to speak at my first walk, the first walk that I attended for NAMI um, a couple years ago. So it's just been really rewarding for me personally. Um, it's allowed me to be more open and vocal about my own experience um, with mental illness. And, and not only that, but advocating how I advocated for my children um, living with their own mental illness as well. Because um, as I mentioned earlier, my son had became involved um, with the juvenile justice system. I just didn't think that they understood how his mental illness and his cognitive limitations impacted his behavior. Um, and I recall them, you know, in a, sitting us in a room ready to write up the papers for him to be placed on probation. But I came prepared. I had his case plan in hand. I had a psychological evaluation. I had his most um, IEP evaluation. Um, and they like, wait a minute, did you talk to your public defender about this? Do they know? No, no one asked. And so I felt that I was very fortunate because of my education and in my work experience that I had the wherewithal to bring that information with me. And so the process for him was very, very different. He did not become involved in the criminal justice system as a youth. Um, yes, he does have a felony on his record. However, he was not placed on probation. Um, he was not, he didn't have to go on a uh, STS crew. He didn't become involved in the system. He was just, had a little, I call it a blurb, and then he was done. Um, and there weren't any additional services that they could offer me because he was already in services. And I just think that there are so many other families and so many other youth that become in a juvenile, become involved in the juvenile justice system um, unnecessarily. And I felt that NAMI would be a place for me to voice that um, and really get involved in that process of advocating and educating the community and other professionals about how to go about supporting young people with mental illness. Um, because becoming involved in the criminal justice system as a young person can be very traumatizing if it, you know, and if we can do anything to prevent that, then that's what we should do. That should be what our, our focus is. And participating in the youth mental health first aid training um, was just the stepping stone for me in the beginning. When did that all start when you met Jan? I met Jan my third year on the board, so three years ago. Okay. Before your meeting with Jan and that presentation, did you know anything about NAMI? Before becoming a board member, I really didn't know how, um, what an influence NAMI had on the community. Um, of course, you know, as a um, case manager in a structured day treatment program, I referred families there for resources, but to the extent of what um, resources they had access to or the knowledge that they had and the classes they provided, I had no idea. So that was really, I don't want to say overwhelming, but I was really in awe that to me, a small organization has allowed a lot of uh, information and resources, you know, that it can tap into for the community or the community can tap into. And I just was that, that's wonderful. Um, it's kind of like, I don't want to say a one-stop shop, but they could get everything done and, and get their questions answered and get directed into the right places rather than going around and around in circles. Can you speak to NAMI Minnesota's role in the criminal justice system? Absolutely. As I stated earlier, I've been working with justice-involved youth and adults for a combined 15 years. Um, seven of those years was 
in a youth facility, a correctional facility. And 11 years was in a structured day treatment program. So all of the youth were quartered to attend either for truancy or because they were coming out of placement somewhere. So there's no surprise that a number of the youth that I worked with either had a diagnosed or undiagnosed mental illness. Um, If the mental illness was diagnosed, more often than not, the youth were not involved in any type of treatment, in part because of the stigma around mental illness and also because um, maybe the caregiver's own um, mental illness or disorder and lack of medical coverage because not many had medical insurance or knew how to go about getting it or the belief that the youth would just grow out of it. That was what I heard more frequently. Um, Yes, there is situational and seasonal mental health disorders. I get that. However, mental illness is not something that one grows out of. Um, I think they just learn how to manage it better. And as an adult probation officer now, I'm seeing a lot of individuals on my caseload that may have been diagnosed early on, but either didn't get treatment or chose to discontinue treatment on their own. Um, And a number of them have mental illness. Um, and the fact that they've, they're coming out of prison, having been untreated or undertreated, um, is very alarming. Um, NAMI's begun to, to take on that role of becoming more involved. One of the um, bills on, that's being discussed um, at the legislative level is limiting and documenting um, the instances of, of individuals placed in solitary confinement because they're having, they might be experiencing a mental um, health crisis while they're incarcerated. And I think that's important. I mean, why should anyone be isolated because they're sick? You know, it's not a communicable disease. Does it, could it cause potential safety issues? Absolutely. But we cannot um, give them the, the attention and the care that they need. Um, and isolating them just re-traumatizes them. Um, and it can exacerbate the, the crisis that they're currently in. And so being able to recognize that is critical. And NAMI has, is doing a phenomenal job of training police officers, um, training correctional staff and youth mental health first aid, adult mental health first aid um, to help them, you know, develop their their skills and put more tools in their toolbox um, so that they know how to communicate with individuals and um, experience a mental health crisis or might just have a mental health illness period um, so that they don't um, make the situation worse, but know what words to use or how to talk to make the situation better. Um, and NAMI's doing a really great job of doing that, but that's just the beginning. I think there's a lot of work to be done. I think there's a lot of tension, um, needs to be, uh, awareness needs to increase about how many individuals are in our prisons experiencing a mental health illness or mental health disorder or crisis. So, um, we're just beginning, but I think it's possible for NAMI Um, and others like myself to make an impact and to get that information and that awareness up. Do you have anything that falls in the category of a favorite memory? I would have to say my most favorite memory was the first walk that I attended when I became a board member and being able to speak and just looking at everyone coming together for a cause that no one talks openly about. 
was just really amazing to me. And it really energized me to want to do more and become involved in any way that I could. Um, it was not until the first walk that I participated in that I began to speak openly about my own experience of living with a mental illness. And not only that, but just the journey that my kids and I have gone on because of their mental um, illness diagnoses, because no one knew. No one knew what was happening in my household because I never talked about it. Um, on the outside, it looked like my kids were very well behaved. They were well mannered, but they had no idea what it was like at home or at school until I began to speak op openly about it. And they're just amazed at how productive they are. My daughter's been able to hold a part-time job for, you know, um, four years now. And my son is now working, he's been working for six months. And, and looking at them, you know, or anyone else for that matter, you don't know whether or not they have a mental illness unless you tell them. So being able, being more vocal about that, um, as a result, my church has become more involved and they supported me in the walk and they walked with me. So I was not walking alone, um, which was really um, important to me. Um, we have a mental health um, ministry in our church and our pastor um, of Zion Baptist Church, Pastor Brian Heron, got to speak at the walk last year. Um, and he was open about his own experience of living with a mental illness. So that probably was, those two instances was probably my most memorable experience since I've been involved with NAMI. Um, just being able to openly discuss it um, and to have, you know, fellow members from the church coming up and saying thank you. Thank you for speaking up or telling me their own experience or how their family member has been living with a mental illness and they've never been comfortable to talk about it. Um, and it's not something to be ashamed of. You know, you never know what the person next to you, what their story is, unless you ask. And, um, and they have to be comfortable and okay to talk about it. And I've made it okay to talk about it. Yeah, when you open up and tell your story, someone else realizes they can tell theirs. Absolutely. And it's not about shame anymore. It's about coming together, um, being able to have a discussion about something. You can call on somebody and say, hey, I'm feeling this way. You know, I remember having a phone call from um, a church member that called me before Christmas, and we had a half-hour conversation. And she was just talking. I didn't ask any questions. She just needed a place to just talk and to have somebody understand. And I think that's all anyone would want, somebody, somebody to just understand where they're coming from. You don't have to fix it, right. but just be there. And so I think just, you know, being able to be a part of that, I think, um, is really amazing. And it means a lot, a real a lot to me, an awful lot. Well, thank you for doing all of that. Yep. Speaking of the NAMI walks, do you have your own NAMI walk team? Yes, I do. Um, it's called Team I Am, um, and it consists of, of course, my son and my daughter, but everyone from our church. So, um, and the numbers each year of memberships uh, from the church keeps growing. Um, and I chose I Am um, because I am a firm believer that one's mental illness does not define who they are. And so the shirt says, um, I am unique. I am wonderfully made, um, I am brave, um, and I'm not my mental illness. That's and great. so that's who I am. That's great. 
So anyone who needs a team, look for Team I Am. I think Beatrice will welcome you. Absolutely. <laughs> so in the three years or so that you've been involved with NAMI, have you noticed any changes in the organization? I've noticed that, for me anyways, their presence and their voice has become louder. And I don't know if it's just because I'm more involved so I know what's happening or people are actually just really listening right now. Um, and I see NAMI continuing to be an advocate for those living with a mental illness. Um, I'm a firm believer that there is power in numbers. Um, the more people that know about what NAMI does, um, the more that NAMI continues to advocate for the services and coverage, medical coverage for individuals with mental illness, the more that we keep knocking on doors of state leaders to say, hey, pay attention. Because again, it's, it's a silent disease that no one talks about. There's no, you know, there's not a lot of funding or services available. Um, and to be able to continue to build our mental health system and to continue to keep what is working, I think is important for those living with mental illness to be productive, just like anyone else. And I think NAMI is doing an amazing job of doing that um, with all of the supporters that they have and the different affiliates across the state. I think it just allows everyone, whether it be professionals, teachers, mothers, um, other caregivers or individuals themselves living with a mental illness to just be able to get education and support um, for them to continue to live a productive life is very um, essential. And NAMI pr provides that platform, um, that resource for them to be able to do that. What has it meant for you personally to have been involved with NAMI? Personally, um, I would have to say that I've grown a lot. Um, it has, I guess, in a sense, given me permission to talk about my journey, my family's journey. Um, the resources that we've been able to access. Um, I've, know, I've been able to, to share that with different families that I come in contact um, on my current job and even in transitional housing, just to be able to say, hey, this is what I, I've experienced. Um, these are places that I found helpful. Um, I've had a great experience, you know, working with this agency or this individual provider. And it just helps me to know that I'm making an impact. Although small, I'm still making an impact. I'm making an impact to let people know, and I guess in essence, give them permission that it's okay. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to, if you will, shout it from the mountaintop. I'm living with a mental illness, but I'm still me. I don't allow it to define me. Um, and I'm, I'm an accomplished professional but yet I'm living with depression and anxiety and I'm raising two kids with a mental health, with a mental health disorder and they're healthy. Um, they're doing very well and they're successful in their lives. And so it's made me, I would have to say a better parent, um, a better advocate um, and definitely a better friend and a supporter. What are your hopes for the future of NAMI? I hope that, and I know that NAMI will continue to do this, um, but continue to be a voice for those living with a mental illness um, and to continue to educate state leaders about what's broken and what's needed 
and how the importance of protecting the rights of individuals, um, be it in a state hospital or in prisons that have a mental illness. They still have rights. They still have needs that need to be addressed. Um, and they need to do it respectfully. It needs to be done respectfully. Um, I foresee NAMI being able to continue to be an advocate for those rights, um, an advocate for keeping services and programs and ensuring access to those living with mental illness to providers in their areas. Um, and just really working really hard to make sure that everyone who has mental illness, regardless of affordability or, ac or accessibility, are able to get the help that they need um, and in a timely manner and that it's affordable. Well, thank you, Beatrice, for being part of that, telling your story and raising that awareness and your work with NAMI. We really appreciate it. And, and again, to our listeners, Go back to episode nine and listen to Beatrice speak at the rally at the Mental Health Day at the Capitol. And thanks so much for having this conversation. Thank you. NAMI Minnesota champions justice, dignity, and respect for all people affected by mental illnesses. Through education, support, and advocacy, we strive to eliminate the pervasive stigma of mental illnesses, affect positive changes in the mental health system, and increase the public and professional understanding of mental illnesses. NAMI Minnesota vigorously promotes the development of community mental health programs and services, improved access to services, and increased opportunities for recovery. Call us at 651-645-2948 or email namihelps at namimn.org. NAMI Minnesota's website is namihelps.org. Outside of Minnesota, visit nami.org to find your state NAMI organization. 